Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, today I'm going to talk about, I'm kind of priming the pump. This is just a prime, priming the pump. I'm really excited about the word of the year that's coming next week. And so I just want to help us be prepared for it. I don't want it to fall on some stony ground. We don't want that, do we? (laughs) So I think that, you know, I'm going to be talking about some stuff that it's not new information. It's some review of some information. In case it fell out, then you'll be refreshed. There's something about our yes before we ever even hear what's going to be asked. And so, you know, I think sometimes it's just good to practice that. Sometimes it's just good to practice. I'm just going to say yes. And I don't really know what I'm saying yes to, but I just know that I am so fully in that it's going to be good, whatever I say yes to. That's a beautiful part. That may drive me crazy. In Ephesians, it says, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace being one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. You know, I think that there's just something about unity that God loves. You know, I talked about unity last time I preached and then he brings it around again. I'm like, okay, well, here we go again because it's really, really big to him. I woke up and I saw I saw this vision of this gold that was pouring down and it, it was like it um how can I explain it? Um it's like there there was just this gold substance that was coming down in this waterfall and within the gold, I could see faces. And so I was like, that is so interesting. So then that, that took me to, um, there's a psalm, and it's a really short one. It's a really short one. I'm going to read it to you. It's 133. It says, how truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from Mount Hermon, which flows down from the hills of Zion. Indeed, that is where Yahweh has decreed his blessings will be found, the promise of life forevermore. So what he was talking to me about was the blessing of unity. You know, there's just a blessing that he gives. And so I was thinking about, wow, that's really powerful that he was showing me that beautiful gold oil. 
and it was and it was made up of faces because there's something about whenever we get under the flow of what he's doing we get in the river of what he's got going on see sometimes we can't want to get in the river but then be set apart where we're not really with people so it's under the river. It's like you got to get under there. You got to get in agreement with him. You got to get in agreement with people, which is why the enemy loves, loves independence. He loves it. I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was. Um, I know I do. I remember it was you. Um, and I was talking about how. You know, the enemy just is really the goal for him is how can he get you separated from people? Whether if it's in thought or it's in action or it's in deed or it's your physical man or if it's your whatever. He loves to get us separated from people because he can really pluck you off then. If you're all connected and all chummed up, you can't get plucked up, plucked off. Can you, can you, Moo Moo? It's funny because I was talking to Moo about, well, you know, the beautiful part of community is that you can't be alone. Like you cannot, you cannot get away with stuff. Like you're going to get found out. If you have an old crummy face, people are going to be able to see it. They're going to call you out. Hey, what's going on with you? I can see you're kind of struggling. What is it, sweetie? That's the beautiful part of being in community. I love that. I need it desperately. I've done it my own way that wasn't very good, and it didn't end very good either. But it did bring me to community. It did do that. Um, in, in, in our thinking about the word of the year that's coming up, I think I just want to encourage you that if you can, not receive anything with a bias attached to it. So this is what this is what may be some some bias. Um, maybe it's that that word isn't necessarily for you. Maybe a portion of it may be for you. Or maybe you don't look like this kind of person. You don't have their kind of anointing, so it's not for you. Or it could be even, well, I didn't do very good in the past with words of the year. And so I'm probably not going to do good this time. So then I don't think I'll even pay attention. Because my follow through isn't very good. And so it's pointless. There's a few bias that you may have. So if you could maybe just clear everything away. And just say, I'm going to just look at everything with a new set of eyes, with the lens of, wow, I love being part of community. I love that God can speak something in January that's going to carry me throughout the entire year. And so I just say yes ahead of time. I say yes ahead of time, and I don't even have to know what all it's going to be about. If you, if you struggle with control, that may be hard to get your mind wrapped around that. But I know that's nobody here, though. There's nobody here that struggles with control. 
I think the way that we approach different things in life, the way that we choose to position our heart is a really big deal. Because if we go into something um, with a heart that um, isn't super humble, if we go into it with the heart that's prideful, that it's going to be really hard to receive what God is wanting to give you. So God has a gift for you. Say, I, I want that gift. I want that gift from you. And I need you to even be able to receive it. You know, see, we have to become so in need of him. See, there's a thing that I think sometimes we can kind of want to strong arm ourselves into being able to receive things. And a lot of times it's just that, man, God, I just, I do, I do, I just receive from you. I just am going to receive from you. And I think that that's a really big deal. And so I just want to encourage you that as the word of the year is released, can you just position your heart to say, I absolutely just receive. And I agree. You know, humility really does do a lot for your heart. And humility takes a lot of different turns. It takes a lot of different faces. It has a lot of different meanings. In Matthew, Matthew 18, Jesus called a little one to a side and said to them, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable like a little child. How? Teachable like a little child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself, how many times? Mm -hmm. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this little child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. It's, it's good because in the footnotes where it says whoever continually humbles himself, it says this means to see yourself as unimportant in your own eyes. See, that can mess you up if you're coming from a place of maybe you were, maybe you already think bad about yourself. And so then thinking of yourself not good is that's easy, but that's not really what this is talking about. Okay, this isn't really what this is talking about. What this is talking about is when you're being taught something, then you position your heart that says, I absolutely need this. This is for me. I, I need whatever it is they have. I'm not too haughty that I don't think that I already know. I, I can evaluate myself and know, am I really walking out of this revelation or do I need to learn something? It, it's, knowing that, it's knowing where you stand in life. It's knowing, well, hey, if it wasn't for Jesus, I know where I would be. You know, it, it's, not, it's not thinking that I'm just such a dog because we're not that. Because it's already been established that we were made just a little bit lower than Elohim. 
So it's not, it's not that I'm thinking bad about myself, but I do have a really good self-awareness of where I'm, where I'm weakened, where I need help, where, um, you know, that, that if it wasn't for Jesus, where I would be, that if it wasn't for even other people's sacrifice, where would I be? There's just a place that, that in my own heart, I'm not trying to make sure that I'm known. I'm not trying to push the next person aside so that I can be lifted up. I'm not needing recognition if somebody else is getting recognition. These are all the things that if we choose to position ourselves well in, then we get the blessings. But see, we, we can't really position our hearts to where we already know it all. We've already got it. I can't be taught. And then also want the blessing. So how will you position yourself? Mm-hmm. I want to be like a kid. Something happens as we grow up and we go into adulthood. You know, we have maybe some disappointments that we've carried over. We have some failures that we carried over. And so then it can be a little bit harder to live like a child. So what would it take for you personally to live like a child? Do you need to um, work on your trust? See, because that's, that's really what childlikeness is. It's trust. So, so if I'm teachable like a child, then I can trust that whatever God has given me, that he's going to use it to benefit me. He's going to use it to grow me. He's going to use it, and I don't have to go in and try to do a lot of self-management. This is another part of, of those that maybe um, are the over-responsibles. How an over-responsible can be more like a child. You realize the great role that the father has in your life. And so then you're not trying to teach yourself. You're not trying to keep yourself. You're not trying to do all this because you're like a child. You trust him. You trust him. So I think that, I think it's really, it's really a big deal to God I mean, Jesus, he, he was pretty serious about it, that, you know, you need to be able to come to him small, in need. Come to him not already knowing. That's why he spoke in parables. He spoke in parables so that the proud couldn't receive it. I think it's just so good because the smartest and the most amazing man that ever walked the earth chose to live the most humble life. Yet, you know, I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes if we don't deal with some things that we have internally going on, 
then we can really want to get things in our own life to make ourselves feel better. And so I just want to really encourage you that as the word of the year is coming through, that you will be willing to position your heart in a place of just true humility and just say, oh, God, I just receive all that you have for me just because you're saying that you're giving it to me. See, I I know some of what we're going to talk about, and it is, for me, it's just the thought that God would use us in such a way is really, really magnificent. And it doesn't throw me into um, trying to make things happen because I so trust what he's saying. There's a healthy boundary between you don't want to um, be flippant and not even pay attention to what you're doing. You want to move forward and you want to have great purpose, but you also don't want to get into an overmanagement of yourselves. And so just know who you are and know and know where you are so that you can know how to respond well. But it is going to be from places of humility that you're able to receive. If you're not teachable, if you are always the one that's in the right, you're going to have a hard time receiving like a child. And I would I would say that um, you probably won't be 100% on board. And so you just get to choose what you want to do with that. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, for pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Pride is really subtle, and it's in all different forms. Pride can also look like, I'm not good enough to receive this. That's pride. Humility says, I receive just because of how good you are. So whenever you receive a word, do you receive it in humility or in pride? You get to choose. Making mistakes is better than faking perfections. See, there's something so beautiful about being real with who you are and being real with where you are. You know, whenever I know whenever I hear whenever I hear preaching, you know, I I think I get in a headspace that it's all going to apply to me. And so then how can I how can I apply it to how can I apply it to my life? Where where can I how can I get it to stick versus oh, I'll just see if that happens for me. I'll just see if that's real for me. So, you know, if you go into something saying, I am in great need and I know that without God, where would I be? If I go into situations like that, then my heart is automatically receptive to be able to receive whatever he has. So whenever, whenever you're hearing somebody preach, you're hearing somebody teach, 
just just you can just check your own self just do i do i get do i position my heart to receive it or do i just kind of think oh that's good and then that but that's not really me i'm going to read i'm going to read in in the bible i'm going to read here in the bible um the parable of the seed and man that's such a good such a good 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 way to see the scriptures right there so you can in whenever i read it you can just decide on where you are in that and see where you want to be cuz i feel do y'all i feel this stirring for this year and it just feels so big it feels so so big and i i just know that i want to go into it so fully alive and so fully just man god whatever you want to do here i am like i i am just so hungry to be part of it i'm just so hungry to be in a move of god i'm so hungry to just be all that he's called uh, to be all that he's called me to be this it's this hunger in my heart I can't I can't get it out here. I wish I could. I wish I could get it out here. And if you're not feeling the way I'm feeling, I wish I could make you feel the way that I'm feeling. But all I can do is just say, you know, if you can please just position your heart and just say, "Oh God, like I am so need of you. If you're not hungry for what's coming, if you don't have a passion for this house, if you don't have a passion for what God is doing, just come like a kid and say, "I really don't, but I need it from you." I need I want to be on board with you. I want to be hungry for the things that you're doing. I I have this thing that I know I don't have it and I have to get it from you. If you'll just position yourself, if you're not there with me, then then you can get there. Just just come like a kid and just say, man, God, uh, there is something I have been lulled to sleep. I have been I have I, I've gotten myself in a weird place. I don't know where I am, but I need you to be the one to tell me where I am because I want to go where you're going. So I just want to help you position your heart. I just want to help you be able to to be able to get on board and just say, I am going to be with this house doing what this house is doing. No matter what happens. No matter what it takes. Because the vision can't be done with just two or three. It's a vision of us as a whole. It's a vision of all these different peoples with all these different personalities coming together and choosing to lay down their own way to see one thing in mind. And see, if we're not careful we begin to think that our own thing is so much more important and that's the enemy's way of plucking you off this is the, he, this is how it works he makes you think that the only way that you can pursue your calling or pursue your destiny is if you do it and you have to it has to look a certain way but it is going to be in the confines of of community of a loving community that says here you come and be all that you are in this community and you can trust what god will do in your life you can trust him with it but see if you are so 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 in tune to just trying to make it your own way you're going to get swept up and you won't ever achieve it hear me now It is family that he loves. It is family. That's why he set up everything to be about a father. He didn't say, "Worship me as your boss." 
come to me as your great supervisor. He could have done that, but he chose to come as a father so that it was in the confounds of community, of a family. And see, the enemy plucks us off and he does it in really cunning ways. They're cunning and they're small and they're tiny. And before you know it, you don't know how you're all the way in Alaska, but you're supposed to be in Oklahoma, but you're in Alaska and you don't know how you got there. And it's, it's small things. It's, it's, well, they preached about that and I don't agree with that. So that's going to make me be a little bit more leery next time. Or it's that hurt my feelings. I got my feelers hurt. And I didn't get them fixed. Listen, God is wanting to do something in this house. And I just don't want to see anybody get swept away. I want to see us all on board, going the same place, doing the same thing. Y'all are all so amazing. Whenever I look, whenever I look around and I think about who I have as my family, I stand in awe that God would do that for me. You know, whenever I'm laying there, whenever I'm praying and I'm worshiping, I'm thanking him. For this house, for these people. What a rich atmosphere. What a rich, rich wholeness that we have. I want other people to experience that. I want, I want for, I know that God has such a heart over this house. And I, I want to fulfill his heart. I want to fulfill it. I, I want for what happens in this tribe to match his dream. I don't, I don't want to be found judging everything through a set of eyes. And, and, the, and the quicker that we can learn that none of this is about us, Because it just doesn't even have anything to do with us. I love what Shooty said. That was so good. That Mary said, let it be for somebody else. That is so good. See, whenever you realize that your life is not your own. Your life is just not your own. We all have a responsibility when we receive his word, we have a responsibility to act on it. We can't just be hearers. And in James, it says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word 
and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. See, we have, we have a responsibility that when we re, whenever we hear a word or we receive a word, we have a responsibility to not just walk away and say, that was a good message. Let's go eat. See, there's, there's, a, there's a responsibility that we have whenever we choose to sit under a house that we actually begin to put movement with the things that the house speaks, right? Doesn't that make sense? So whenever, whenever the word of the year is presented, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a choice. Is this gonna be a good message that I heard with some really cool revelatory stuff? And then I'm just gonna go on and just do my day. Or is it gonna be like, okay, how can I put this into action? What can I do? Show me, Holy Spirit, show me how this can become living and breathing and active through me. Sorry, see, I come up here and then I cry and then I can't quit snotting and then it's just a whole thing. First Thessalonians, it says, this is why we continually thank God for your lives because you received our message wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. You embraced it, not as the fabrication of men, but as the word of God. And the word continues to be an energizing force in you who believe. Can you imagine? Where would we be today if people that were under Paul, under all the greats, if everybody that heard it was just like, oh, yeah, that was good. Check you. Can you imagine, like, where where would we be right now if some half-hearted, lukewarm, if it fell on those ears, but see, it fell on ears that began to burn, began to burn for what God what God was saying. That's wholehearted. Listen, if you're not wholehearted, it's not a thing. You can get right back on it. You can be so fully all heart loaded. You can be all heart loaded. I already said it. You got to just become like a kid. 
I'm going to walk through some stuff at the end in case that's you. Then we can get back on. Y'all ready to read the word? I'm going to read a lot of it, okay? See, because I could, I could give just my own abbreviation of it, but that's just not the same. Like you need, like you need it. You need, you need to hear it, the meat of it. Huh? We do. We want it. I'm going to be in Matthew if you want to follow. And of course, I will be in the beloved passion. I think it's 13. I'm in. Yes, that's where I'm at. Matthew 13. Consider this. <clears throat> there was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. It's really interesting. Brian said in those footnotes that seeds were actually never mentioned. It was never really about seeds. It's about people. It says that... Um, it says the word seed does not actually appear in the parable or in the interpretation. Jesus gave his disciples. What is the farmer sowing is the children of the kingdom. We who believe the message of the kingdom of God are the seeds that this farmer is spreading throughout the earth. The seed is the reality of Christ and his kingdom realm living inside of us. That's good, isn't it? That's beside the point. I'm not even really talking about that, but that was good. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Others fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but then the days grew hot. They were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Say insufficient roots. Wonder how you get good roots. Others fell among the thorns, so when they sprouted, the thorns choked them out. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and even 100 times as much as he planted. If you are able to understand this, then you need to respond. Isn't that good that he put a responsibility? Because, see, he knew that not everybody was going to know what he was talking about. So then right now, as I'm talking to you, do you know what he's talking about? Then you get to respond. And so then my response is, okay, I know which one I am here. I got it. Either I'm grateful or I'm repenting. One of the two. I'm hungry for more. So you can, you can respond however you need to respond. <laughs> then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, Why do you always speak to people in these hard to understand parables? He explained, You've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom. 
I love that it, Brian said the Greek word mysterion is found 27 times in the New Testament and means secrets or mysteries. The mysteries of heaven's kingdom realm are spiritual insights into the nature and ways of God. Jesus Christ can only be fully understood by the spirit, not merely by the intellect of man. Jesus taught his disciples using the cryptic language of parables to move them beyond intellectual abilities and engage the spirit. If the listener had a hunger to learn with an open, teachable heart, then Jesus' words brought life and understanding. We must always be those who push aside our opinions and traditions to glean the deepest meaning of all that Jesus did and taught. There's teachable again. So it says you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart, what kind of heart? Will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even an understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth, yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah described them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard of hearing, and they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and I would instantly heal them. Having a teachable heart is really a big deal. God could be, God could be bringing you your freedom over and over and over, but because your heart is so full of pride that you can't get underneath something and that keeps you blind. That's crazy to me that, that I could have such a role to play in my just ability to even be able to get revelatory knowledge, to even be able to grow. Like my approach at, at receiving information is such a huge deal. It's not, it's not just like everything means something. Everything has fruit. So if whenever, if you're hearing information, if you're hearing somebody preaching to you, if you're hearing a charge from the house and in your heart, you maybe heard something different from another house then you judge our house because of what else you heard somewhere else. 
that's that that's that pride thing that comes in that that you're the one getting to say which is right and then that actually sets you up to not be able to hear or see and so see that that has a fruit like every time every time that in our hearts we choose to not be teachable to to be stubborn or to be whatever you put it whatever word to it then that actually clogs up your ears from being able to hear see there's a repentance that we have to do and that's how we return to childlikeness there's a repentance that we have to do so that we can have eyes to see and ears to hear I've had to do this. I I am so not at all void of this. You know, whenever whenever God brings a word and we're going to sit back and choose whether or not we're going to do it or not, that's pride. See, I love whenever what book was that? I forget what the name was. Undercover was undercover i loved that book see because there's a thing that there's a thing that happens where we're so afraid of being controlled or being so led astray that everything has to be filtered in through eyes of does this really match how i believe almost a suspicion sometimes Like, can I really trust that? And I'm just saying it will be really hard to ever get involved fully 100% with those kinds of lenses that we see through. See, one thing that Undercover taught us, if y'all remember, that we're only responsible for our heart between us and God. That, that as we submit and as we get under, see, the, the one that we're submitting to has a different kind of accountability they're going to have. They have a different kind of responsibility. And so the beautiful part of not being in that role is that you can trust God whenever you're, you get under the flow of this up here. But see, if, if, we, if we ourselves get up over here, and if we're the ones that are like, yeah, that's good, that's not good, I agree, I don't agree, then that really messes us up in the kingdom and being able to flow even in power. Like there's just, there's there's authority. There is spiritual authority, and there is authority, this authority, although it is a spiritual authority, but you know what I mean. And so I'm just saying it's really good to check your heart. Whenever I go into places, do I struggle with authority? Am I like, yeah, that that doesn't make any sense there, so I'm not going to do that one. I'm not going to abide by that rule because that one was stupid. How we respond to authority can tell us a lot about ourselves.
So I remember he was just talking about, um, he was just quoting in, it was in Isaiah. Yes, I just read about it in Isaiah. Remember? Remember all that? Okay. It says, but blissful are your eyes for they see. Say blissful. That sounds really good, doesn't it? That just sounds good. But blissful are your eyes for they see. Delighted are your ears. For they are open to hear all these things. It says, as translated from the Aramaic, your eyes have a blessing resting upon them because they see, and your ears because they hear. Many prophets and godly people yearn to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given anything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Now you're ready to hear the explanation of the parable of the sower. Now you're ready. Tell your neighbor you're ready. Here it goes. Here it comes. What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. Does that ever happen? Is it like, well, I don't really understand what they mean. And so then like, instead of really figuring it out, like in, and inquiring and and getting some help on it. No, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to act like I don't know. I don't want to feel stupid. I think I said, I think I, let me see. I think that I, I did. I read something earlier. Making mistakes is better than faking perfections. That flows good with that. The one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. It's the shallow soil representing a shallow interest that doesn't sink spiritual roots into the truth of God. It's like, yeah, that's good. Somebody would really, that'd be good for somebody. That'd be really good for them. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away for the truth didn't seek deeply into his heart the footnote says or gets offended or is made to stumble how many times how many times have we heard a really good message we got this really good message it's like man like i feel so pumped i can do this let's do this thing and then you leave and you hear overhear something that hurts your feelings and then before you know it all you can think about is how your feelings got hurt. And then, and then you got to spend the next two hours talking about how you got your feelings hurt and how you need somebody to fix it for you. You never go back. Think about what you just learned. That's the adversary. That's the adversary. That's Lou. 
That is him. How does he work for you? What is it for you? Is it, man, they went way too long and now I'm hangry. And so I just need to hurry up and go eat. I'm hangry. And so then you don't even think about it anymore because you were just hangry. You just need to hurry up. That was supposed to be done 30 minutes ago. Worship went way too long this time. Mm-hmm. The one sown among thorns represents one who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. Yes, and um, it says Hebrew, Matthew adds a phrase here, and the adversary causes him to forget the word of God. What kind of distractions get you off focus? See, since, because remember what I said, what am I doing right now? I'm preparing us to receive the word of the year. So what distractions are going to come in to keep you not to focus on it. You got to know you. You got to know what works for you. See, I know I, I learned a long time ago. I, you know, I was so hungry whenever I um, gave my life to him. I was just so hungry. Man, it was just like I could not get enough of his word. I couldn't get enough hearing people preach. Like, it, I mean, I listened to everybody. I listened to IHOP some, I listened to Chuck Pierce. I mean, I just listened to anything and everything because I was so hungry. But what I found was that different houses believe different. And so then how am I going to believe here? Because this house, I greatly respect them. They don't believe like this house. And I also greatly respect them. So how do I, what do I do here? And I be, and I really became divided in what I thought about things. I got to where I didn't really exactly know how I felt about issues because I was receiving a bunch of different information. All the while, I'm trying to learn information at church that I'm going to. So then, you know, there's all this information I'm taking in and I'm human and I only have so many days, so many hours. So what's going to get my days and my hours? And so I would challenge you that as this focus begins to come in, you're going to have to really choose what gets all your attention. See, that's why I know that, you know, Teresa and I had had a talk a long time ago and that we weren't going to listen to a bunch of ministries because of everything I just said. And so we chose Bethel. That would be where we got our information from. And so then, you know, after years and years of allowing, you know, Bill and whatever, Danny and, you know, his relationship, all those things, it really gave some good foundational things for my life to be built on. And so, you know, you have to be really careful the information that you're taking in. 
Because it's just like what I said, if you're not mature enough to know what you believe and why you believe it, then if you get people with different information, it's going to throw you off. And then you're going to have to choose how you receive the information. And then, as I mentioned earlier, that you may actually begin to judge the way this house is because of what you hear another house, how they are. So you just want to be really careful because that can mess up your heart and it can cause you to be divided. And then that's not good for any of us because we all need each other because what we all bring as a whole is what the world needs. It's not a bunch of just us by ourselves. It's us as a whole. In 22, it says the one sown among thorns represents one who receives a message, but all of life's busy distractions. It's the divided heart, remember, and his ambition for wealth result in the suffocating the kingdom message and it becomes fruitless in 23 it says but what was sown on good rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom their lives bear good fruit some yield a harvest of 30 60 even 100 times as much as sown who do you want to be? Which which one do you want to be? You want to be the one that's the hundredfold, right? I want to be the hundredfold one. I don't want to be the one got distracted. So all that to say. I just want let's just close our eyes. You know, I don't know if anybody has, um, maybe it's suspicions or if it's offense or if you're carrying some things and self-judgments that you have, maybe you feel like that you haven't been able to really, um, stay on board for very long. Maybe, maybe you're one of whenever it talks about the sower, maybe you're the one that got distracted. And so then you have a history where you don't feel like you're able to do things well or consistent. And so maybe you're carrying some self judgment or maybe you're carrying judgment about other people. Um, these are just some, for instances that maybe could block you being, you being able to receive the word whenever it comes and I just want to give us the opportunity to just clear some things away so that we can just start brand new. Maybe I offended you today. Maybe it's fresh. Maybe I said something that you didn't like. And I'm sorry if you can please forgive me, maybe. I don't know. Or you need to get thicker skin, maybe. But anyway, um, you know, I think we just want to really take some time to just wipe the slate clean and choose to position our hearts like kids, like Jesus said to do. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that just over each heart that you would just show them if there's anything that they're carrying that would cause them to not receive the word to its fullest. Just going to give you a little bit of time to talk to HS about it.
So everybody could just repeat after me, and so then we don't leave anybody singled out. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to choose today to walk in forgiveness towards myself and others. I want to be able to be offended. I cannot be offended. Sorry. Be offended. So I just wipe away any offense. On my heart. And Daddy, I just pray over my vision that you would clear my vision. I pray over my ears that you would unclog my ears. And I want to choose today to be like a child. So I lay down adulthood in the spirit realm. And I want to choose to pick up being like your dearly loved kid. I trust you. I trust you. Help me to even trust deeper and deeper. So I choose today to fully decide to knit fully. My heart with this tribe. So I want to go into this year being fully in. So I receive the word of the year and I say yes before I fully know what I'm saying yes to. So, Daddy, I just pray over each heart today and I thank you for each life. Each beautiful life that you've brought to this house. I stand in awe and amazement of what you're building. You spent years building such a strong foundation. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you that you taught us how to love people. Thank you that you've taught us how to forgive easily. Thank you that you've taught us how to love deeply. And so, Daddy, I just say that this house is so fully ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready for what you have. We're ready for whatever it is you want to do. We don't even have any preconceived ideas or notions or we just say that we just say yes. We're like Mary. We just say yes to you. So I just ask that you would, for those that don't have the gift of hunger, I just ask for that gift of hunger to be established in each person. And I ask that each person would be so hungry So hungry to want to hear your words. So hungry to want to be a doer of your words. Daddy, I thank you that you spent a lot of time making each person a rock and a fortress for somebody else to come and hide under. Thank you that it was for others that you spent so long working on us. You spent so long establishing your truth in our heart 
Thank you. Thank you for that, Daddy. So we love you today, and we just say that we're so excited. We're so excited. We will love greater. We'll love deeper. Nothing can hold back your love. Your love going through us to others, to a world in desperate need. May we be your light, O oh God, to bring others home, to find safety. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay